Yesterday at 10 o'clock, I walked into the barbershop. My bushy, brownish, biggish hair was growing almost everywhere. What to do, the barber said. A perm, a fade, a press, a chop. Uh-uh, I said and shook my head. The freshest fade upon the block. How about a trim that tucks it in? A frizzy fro that's neat and round? Or parted with a parting comb and cornrows braided to the ground? Just grab a pick and mess with it. How about a tangly tousle top with yellow tips and bristly bips? How's this? A bit more off the top? Just cut the tips and trim the sides and brush it into one big puff. Like this? That's right. All done? Not quite. What is this goopy gooey stuff? You're listening to the Here We Read podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating diverse and inclusive books for kids and adults. I'm your host, Sharnae Gordon, your fellow reader and book lover. Today, we're chatting books with author Shantae Grant. Shantae Grant is an author, poet, playwright, and multimedia artist. Her love of literature stretches back to her storytelling roots in Nova Scotia's historic Black communities. Shantae holds an MFA in creative writing from the University of British Columbia, and she's also an associate professor of creative writing. Shantae currently lives in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Shantae shares her blend of words and music internationally at festivals and events and collaborates with visual artists and art galleries to create poetry-themed artworks, installations, and exhibits. After a few bookish headlines, you'll hear from Shantae Grant. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. For this week's bookish headlines, I want to talk to you about the pilot episode taping that recently happened for a reality show called America's Next Great Author. I was in attendance for the taping of the show, helping out on the set, and it was awesome. You had about 75 emerging authors from around the country gathered on October 30th and October 31st in Newark, New Jersey. The event included workshops, critiques, and a pitch performance by the prospective authors. The aim for the project was to provide opportunities for authors from diverse backgrounds who aren't normally given a seat at the table in mainstream publishing. And it also introduced readers to unique voices. The panel of judges included National Ambassador for Young People's Literature, Jason Reynolds, author Victoria Christopher Murray, and comedian and performer Marga Gomez. The pool of finalists was narrowed down to 20, whose work represented a variety of genres. They pitched for the audience and judges who focused on the author's idea, style, and potential in the literary marketplace. 
That's it for this week's Bookish Headlines. Welcome back to another episode of the Here We Read podcast. Today, I am joined by author, poet, and playwright, Shantae Grant. Shantae, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So, Shantae, I want to just start by getting to know a little bit more about you. You are a new to me author. And so I really just want to just take this time to get to know more about Shantae. So if you just want to share with our audience a little bit more about yourself, where you're from, your family life, like that, that would be a great start. Sure. I am based in Halifax, Nova Scotia, born and raised. I uh, grew up in, I, I'd say that my, my roots in this province, I can definitively trace back to the 1700s. So my family has been in this province for a long time. I live in Halifax. The Mi'kmaq name is Chibuktuk, the Mi'kmaq are the local indigenous group here. And, and so Halifax sits on the unceded and unsurrendered territory of the Mi'kmaq. My family has has again, like I said, old old roots in this province, and that's really important to me because when I look at the stories that I've told over the years and the places that are kind of my my go to when it comes to story, so much of it is rooted in history and ancestry and my my sort of connection to this place and 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 by extension the the sort of broader African diaspora. So the children's books that I've written, a lot of them are some of them are actually set. In, in the Eastern Canada. Some of them just draw on sort of those those local experiences, but also some of them draw on like sort of broader experiences, like with My Fate is Fresh. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those stories that sort of transcends or, or sort of goes beyond region, right? It's something that I think black folk anywhere can relate to. And not just, not just black people too. I mean, it's really about just sort of owning your own style and advocating for yourself, which, you know, it, it has some universal lessons in there as well. So the type of books that I like to write are books that can, you know, maybe speak to local stories and sort of shine the light on and maybe a local experience fixed to a certain place, but that can also reach people across, you know, borderlines, across cultures and, and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, well, that's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing all of that. No problem. And I said, I said that you were a new to me author. And then I was looking and I said, wait a minute. No, I read your picture. Or, or I should say, I've seen your picture book. My hair is beautiful. And then the other one, Afric, Af Africville. Well, yeah. What's the pronounce? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. but I've seen those books, but I've never read them. So, mm -hmm. and I didn't even realize that that was you until just now. So I have seen your books before, but I haven't read any, any of them besides My Fade is Fresh. So let's talk about My Fade is Fresh. How did you come up with the concept for that book? Yeah, I, I think it probably grew out of My Hair is Beautiful in some strange way. When I wrote the first draft of it, it was actually a board book in a very similar manner that My Hair is Beautiful is. My Hair is Beautiful is just very sparse text, two words on a page. You know, it's 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 really for, you know, that sort of zero to three year old age group. And I and it's 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 sort of black girl hairstyles. 
And I feel like I wanted to do something similar. And initially it was like a, it was like a board book draft manuscript with, with young black boys, with fades, mm. right? Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So very different, very different. And then my, my agent sort of pushed me to flesh it out and sort of make it this sort of longer project. And eventually after like rewrites and rewrites and different people weighing in and the question of like, what if the main character was a girl with a fade and mm. not a boy? And I was like, oh, I like that. And then I was like, what if, what if the barber was a, was a girl? And, and so the story just sort of evolved into this, this whole other thing. And, and yeah, it, it, it you know, and as much as I say, it kind of is connected to that that my my last book my the board book project it's also kind of you know I, I i can kind of you know relate to the main character's ordeal i i i have memories of going to the barbershop and and getting my hair cut and the whole salon of women trying to talk me out of it and right the dresser threatening to call my mother and all of this stuff and so i i feel like all of those experiences sort of in some way influenced where I eventually landed with this story. Right, right. And how is your hair now? I can't see you. So uh, <laughs> do you have a fade or do you have like right, longer right, hair? Yeah, right now I have twists. So okay. I, I tend to do either twists, two-strand twists or Afro puff or a big Afro. <laughs> either one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had a fade yourself? No, I have not. I have oh, not okay. A fade. Wait a minute. Oh, okay. Not a fade. I've had like really, really short cuts, like short on the sides. Have I? Yep. You know what? I might. You know what? I think I did in high school. I had kind of like short on the sides and hair on the top in the tenth right. grade. But that oh, that was wow. a long time ago. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a minute. Yeah. Right. I, I remember. I mean. Yeah, I never had a fade, but I, when I decided to wear my hair in its natural state and go natural, I was one of the people who did like the big chop. So I literally just went to the barbershop and I cut all of my hair off, like all of it. And <laughs> so that was the the shortest my hair has ever been. I've always had like really long hair, but I, I just decided to just do the big chop and I cut all of my hair off. And it was, a it, was a, it was a very freeing feeling, but also kind of scary at the same time. Yeah. So is I, I, I felt good. Like right after I did it, I was like, yes, I did it. And then when I got home a little while later, I started to, to settle in like, oh, I really just did that. And, <laughs> and mm -hmm. I had never, but the thing was, I had never seen my face so clearly after I had just cut it off. Cause like I couldn't hide behind any hair. Like I, you could just see my whole face, my whole entire face. Right. And so that was actually very interesting for me. And then, it, you know, it eventually started to grow on me and then my hair, you know, eventually it grew back and now it's, it's back to being long again, but that was the shortest my hair has ever been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I yeah. think for me too, the big chop was probably the shortest. It's ever been. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. Can you read a little bit from the book, please? My fade sure. is fresh. Uh, okay. Here we go. I don't have it in front of me. I'm going from memory, but it's going to okay. be. Let's see. Okay. Yesterday at 10 o'clock, I walked into the barbershop. My bushy, brownish, biggish hair was growing almost everywhere. 
What to do, the barber said. A perm, a fade, a press, a chop. Uh Uh-uh, I said and shook my head. The freshest fade upon the block. How about a trim that tucks it in? A frizzy fro that's neat and round? Or parted with a parting comb and cornrows braided to the ground? Just grab a pick and mess with it. How about a tangly tousle top with yellow tips and bristly bips? How's this? A bit more off the top? Just cut the tips and trim the sides and brush it into one big puff. Like this? That's right. All done? Not quite. What is this goopy gooey stuff? And on and on and on from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, you know, if you see the book and see the voices in the barbershop, you get the sense of everybody else, everybody weighing in. So all of these these suggestions of styles are just yeah. the people in the shop telling the little girl what she wants. Right. And so she has you to know, come to a place where she can actually say, no, that's not actually what I want. What I want is right. A, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My son, he is eight, almost nine, but he's in the process of, over the summer, he decided he wanted to grow out his hair. Prior to that, he'd always been just wearing a really low, low, low fade. But this summer, he decided he wanted to grow his hair out. And so he did. And it's been interesting to watch him now, you know, as he's going to the barbershop and choosing different styles that he may want now that he has a little bit more hair to play with. It's interesting to watch him in the barber chair and the barber giving him advice and just seeing how supportive that the barbershop really is. I I love going there with him whenever I get the chance. Yeah. 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 So what have been reactions from this book, from kids that you may have, kids that you know, or if you've done any sort of school visits or anything like that, what has been the reaction about your book from both girls and boys? Yeah, you know what? I The book is so fresh, so I haven't done any school visits with it yet. I have some lined up, okay. but I've, I have a launch coming up in about a week, so I'll be sharing it there. The only kids that I've really shared it with are my own, so... Yeah. They, they love it. <laughs> they love it. Yeah. Love it. How about like family? Like, okay. I'm just, I'm wondering, mm-hmm. um, especially like little girls who read this story who may have a fade, like, you know, are they saying yeah. things like, oh my God, I've never seen this. I've never yeah. seen Actually, myself. You know what? I, can, I can say something more than that. A friend of mine messaged me. I have gotten a few like messages from people who have had the book. Some people I know, some people I don't. Okay. Uh, teachers have been messaging me online and saying that they've shared it with their class. And that's kind of where some of the, the upcoming school bookings I have, just people wanting to get me in. But I have gotten a lot of, yeah, just really lovely messages from educators and then also friends too. And one of my friends sent me a photo of her daughter. So the 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 cover of the book, like if you take off the, the jacket flap, like the, the hardcover, yes. has yep. all of these images of of all of these kids with different styles and different fades and so her daughter she doesn't have a fade but she kind of did her hair inspired by one of the styles in the book for school so she kind of flipped all of her hair over to one side and pinned it back so yeah uh, so I love that so they she said she's been they've been reading it every night since they got it and she's just been testing out all of the different styles that are that are on the book so that was really so she's been sending me pictures um and yeah, so I, I yeah, I, I've, I've been really, yeah, I've really loved just sort of hearing that feedback for sure. Right. Also just have books for Canada Children's Book Week, which happens mm-hmm. every 
every year. And that's my first time doing the tour, but they've they've con- confirmed me for it. So I'll be taking my fetus fresh, fresh to uh, to different Canadian cities and schools and whatnot in in the spring. Right. Part so yeah. Okay. And what are you what are what are you hoping that readers or some of the things that readers may take away from reading your book? Yeah, I mean, I, I that's a good question. I I feel like when I when I write, I tend to put things out and I just kind of, I I, I know everyone sort of takes different things away. So I, I, I definitely want to leave room for whatever people, whatever messages people, people want to draw from it or whatever feelings they draw from it. But yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, I definitely wanted this story to be one that can inspire children to have voice and mm. to, uh, and to advocate for themselves and for for what they want. Sometimes, you know, kid, you know, kids know what they want, and and sometimes they 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 say this is I like this, and then are told no, but what about that? No, but don't you yeah. like that better? Right. right. And so it's it's kind of one of those situations where she has a room full of people telling her that, you know, she should like other things than what she actually likes, and it's and and the message is kind of. You know, it's okay to just be who you are, and and to and to and to say this is who I am, this is what I want, and other people may have different ideas, and they may not, you know, you know, they they may think they they may have uh, yeah, they 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 may have a different vision than you, right? For, for, yeah, but but ultimately, it's your body, right? <laughs> your hair, right? So, That's right. Yeah, feel free to say this is who I am and this is what this is what I want. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So Shante, you've dabbled in like picture books and you do poetry, even do plays. What are you like which one do you prefer is prefer the most or is there one that you prefer better than another? Like being an art being an author, writing children's books, being a poet, doing the playwright thing. I mean, you do so many things. So I'm wondering yeah. which one do you kind of lean more more towards? I don't know that I can say I have a preference. Maybe. You know what? I, I would say that no matter what I'm writing, poetry uh-huh. is at the core, is the foundation of it. So okay. you know, in my at my core I'm a poet. And so whether I'm writing children's books or whatever. I mean, all, all of the children's books I've written, both the ones that are published and the ones that are soon to be published, they are all poems, with one exception. So they're all they're, they all have poetic text. So that's the place that I write from. The same with my plays; they all kind of started poems or grow out of poetry, or poetry is in there somewhere. Mm. So I think that's that's kind of at the core of who I am as an artist. So as a poet, yeah, uh, I have to say poetry, but like also, I mean. Children's literature is, is something that I never really saw coming. I, mm. I I was I was doing an event that was organized by our local writers federation, and I I just gone there to to read. I'd been just been asked to come and read poetry, and strangely enough, it's an event that I I I I wasn't available. I said that I couldn't go to at first, but but eventually sort of went. I was I was, you know. Anyway, long story long story short. I ended up sharing a poem mm-hmm. uh, 
And there was an editor in the audience who heard it and said, that poem sounds like it could be a picture book for kids. Do you want to do one? Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, I don't know anything about writing picture books, but yeah, sure, let's give it a try. And and that's how I got into children's publishing. My first, you know, three children's books weren't Mm. even children's books, conceived as children's books. They were all poems that I'd written, written for a family reunion. One was a radio commission from the from the CBC to they were commissioning poets in Canada to write poems about their city and turning them into radio poems. So yeah, one was a was a print poem that was published in an, in an anthology out of Toronto. So and then after that happened for the third time of like these right. poems getting turned into books, I was like, you know, maybe there's something here. Maybe I should right. <laughs> maybe I should do this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I I decided, okay, I'm going to be a writer. And and I decided to go back to school. And I went and I did an MFA in creative writing and and just wanted to, took a bit of pause from publishing, but wanted to just really learn more about the craft of writing and and writing plays and writing for children and everything. Because up until that point, I mean, I published three books, but I'd never really done any studying of the craft formally. And and I felt like I was craving that. And not that I, I, you know, I definitely don't feel like it writers need to do an, a degree or anything to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. But I, I think for me, it was it was useful just to sort of take time away to to just focus on being a writer, right? Yeah. And, and so I, I felt that was really, yeah, just a really sort of formative time for me. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then, and, and, I, and I feel like coming into it now, like with these sort of recent works and works that I'm doing now, it's uh, yeah. I just feel like I have new new skills to to offer. Right. And I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about the stories I'm writing now. I I've the 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 sort of earlier books that I that I wrote in the in the children's picture book vein. Mm-hmm. They leaned a lot on personal memoir, personal experience, and writing about place like stories from home. They're set in Halifax. They're set in Africville, which is a historic black community here and. And and not that I'm going to stop writing about stories from home and stories right. that are sort of inspired by my own experience. But I find with the stuff that I'm writing now, I'm leaning more into imaginative spaces and mm. what world can I create and and what and, and sort of dreaming. I feel like I'm dreaming more as a writer yeah. now. And and I think that's one thing that sort of taking time to focus on on my craft and doing courses has really given me is like yeah, just encouraged me to to dream, inspired me to dream a bit more. Right. One of my teachers said to me once, you know, write write about what you know, but also mm-hmm. write about what you want to know. Mm. Right. And I think coming from a, I, I come from a spoken word background, so and 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 spoken word to me is kind of like a, you know, it's almost like a, a hybrid between poetry and narrative nonfiction in some sense at least in the poetry in the communities that I grew up in, because a lot of the poets were writing stories about personal experience. And those are the types of stories that got shared. And so I feel like I leaned a lot into that in my, in my earlier writing, but I don't know, I'm, I feel like I'm dreaming so much more now and, and just kind of the worlds and the characters and the places that are going to be in the titles that'll be out in the next few years. I'm really excited about it. And right. Yeah. Oh, that's so inspiring to hear. Where did you go to school for your MFA? I went to the University of British Columbia, UBC. Oh, okay, okay, and okay. We had a, have a 
an online program, which was which was great for me. I did I did end up going out there and doing a semester on campus and and whatnot. But it was great because you know I was writing so much of the stories I was working on were stories from home, so I didn't mm-hmm. actually have to relocate for the you know for the full two years and whatnot. So I could I could stay close to the the stories and the places I was writing about and still do the degree, which was useful. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. So what are you working on now? You said you got. You're excited about the picture, or you didn't say picture books. You're excited about the books that you're writing now, but can you share some of those? Yeah, so I'm I'm working on a couple books. Let's see, I have I have what book can I share? So I guess my next one will be a book called Sandy Toes. It's part of a a series called Let's Play Outside. It's going to be published by Abrams Appleseed, and so it's a, a very sort of sparse text again for like young readers you know three words on a page rhyming poem but like a real sort of uh yeah i think lively animated story about just a family going for a beach day right Mm -hmm. yep and 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 having fun and playing outside and encountering sea turtles and and all kinds of creatures the next book in the series will be out so that that'll be out in the spring and then the next one will be out in the fall Okay. Okay. And and that sort of is set in, in winter. I am working on some other picture books. One that is sort of about a young girl and a and a, a father who attend a protest together. Mm-hmm. And another one about another hair book. Okay. Tell you, hair books will never go to stuff. <laughs> right. They won't. Write <laughs> so many hair books, but I don't know. It's just one of the things that keep coming up. And and this one kind of explores the yeah the tradition of ha- of hair tying and head wrapping. Okay. So, yeah. Well, that'll be good because I've never I haven't seen that done yet in a picture mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be great. I'm excited for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Did you actually get to meet the illustrator Kit Thomas? She's somebody that I want to have on the show as well. But did you actually get to? meet her during this process of writing this book or no, I have not mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay. course, like just a message to say thank you yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I've not met her which I think is you know pretty common for it is it like, is it is yeah, yeah. yeah. I just but didn't I know not. like if y'all chatted out like over zoom or anything like that okay no we just kind of communicated through our editor and yeah and and I have to give a shout out to to my editor anew at at Penguin Workshop is just phenomenal to work with on this book. And yeah, we're going to be doing some more work together. And yeah, it's just really, really exciting when you have just a really, really cool team of people to work with, for sure. And Kit's illustrations are just, you know, from from she started and who started attending them, I was just like, wow, I, I love just the, yeah, just the, the, the colors. The, the colors is the first thing that comes to mind. It's yes. just so rich. Like, it draws. is. And the, you know, in the hair, like the hair looks great. And just all of those lovely little details of, you know, the bottles of gels and hair grease and the, and the combs, like all the, all of those sort of small things that are so important. Like she right. didn't miss anything. No, she did it. <laughs> she did it. I love her. I love her work. So mm-hmm. I'll be excited to chat with her one day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shantae, anything else that you wanted to share about you or your books? Any thoughts or words of encouragement for 
families or kids. I don't know. Anything else you want to share? <laughs> yeah. You know, as far as encouragement, I would just say to all the all the kids out there to keep reading and all the parents to keep reading to your kids. It's, you know, especially if any kids who want to be writers, you know, your first, the most important thing to do as a as an aspiring writer or author is is to read. So read as much as you can and 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 trust your your voice on the page cuz i mm. think sometimes you know we we you know that if, if you know we can get into that space of like just second guessing ourselves is this story good enough can i say this is 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 this worth telling right, right. Um, and i remember growing up people were always like oh you know i need to find my voice find my voice but to me the word was always trust it's not mm. about finding your voice you know how do you you find something that you already have, really. It's about trusting right. the voice that you have. So as long as you trust that the stories are inside of you, that those words will come, then they will. Mm. That is such great advice. Wow. I love it. <laughs> Shante, this was been this has been such a pleasure to chat with you. Wishing you all of the best of luck on My Fate is Fresh and your upcoming school visits and the other events that you're doing. I love the book, love the illustrations. So well done on that. And yeah, if you ever want to come back on the show, just let me know. I'll be, I'll be here. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'd love to. And thanks so much for the chat. It's been great to connect. Oh, you're so welcome. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Now it's time for your 30-second book review. Meet Jay, a fun-loving boy who enjoys hanging out with his friends, grandma's kisses, and being measured by his mother with pencil marks on the wall. As Jay begins to grow up, his family members begin to worry about the day when others won't see him as a cute young boy anymore. It's time to sit him down and have the talk. Although Jay just wants to enjoy his childhood like other kids do. All black and brown kids get the talk. The talk that could mean the difference between life and death in a racist world. Told in an age-appropriate fashion, the talk is a gently honest and sensitive starting point for this far too necessary conversation for black children brown children, and for all children. Because you can't make change without knowing what needs changing. The talk is recommended for ages four and up. It's available now wherever books are sold. Written by Alicia D. Williams. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to tune in next time for another great episode. Now I want to hear from you. What books are you reading? What books are you excited about? You can always email me at herewereadpodcast at gmail.com if you care to share. If you enjoyed today's show, 
And if you feel inclined, please be sure to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And if you'd like, you can leave me a review. Reminder, leaving a review helps others find out about the show. Until next time, my friends, keep reading. Thank you for listening to the Here We Read podcast. Music by Emily Arrow and DCQ Beats. Produced by me, Sharnay Gordon, with Switch and Board. Editing by Switch and Board. Switch and Board.